Hey, what's going on, everybody? You listen to Seggy Station. It's the man that has a nickname. Was allowed to say with no shame. Tuesday, May twenty fifth, twenty twenty one. Hope all is well out there, everybody. Hope everyone's staying safe. Back to back days for me here on the podcast. Looking forward to getting into some more of the sports talk. Shout out to my boy Chu and Rich coming through yesterday, catching up on some of the sports world with me. Obviously, a lot going on in the sports world. Quite the buffet of sports, I'm calling it. And I still got some topics to touch on doing so solo today. Nick Seglin here, Seggy Station Podcast. Shout out to my boy Boosh on the bag for me the past couple days. Definitely didn't play my best. Had a little bit more of a game today. Somewhat respectable, but not great. Um, Definitely disappointing. And unfortunately, that's how the game goes sometimes. When you're not preparing the way you should be for not only competitive golf events but anything you do i think your results tend to be disappointing um i'm really fired up with how everything's been going with the podcast you know honestly i've been going through so much self improvement whatever you want to call it trying to just get on the right track get on the right path um my golf game certainly isn't there I feel like with at least the podcast, my friends want to come through when they have time. I enjoy talking sports with them. I enjoy talking sports if I'm by myself when I can. And I enjoy trying to get here to talk on the podcast for anybody that follows along and shows any support for the podcast. As always, you can follow along on my Instagram or Twitter page, at Seggy Station. Also got a live version up on my Twitch. It's underscore Seggy underscore G. Check out the podcast there follow along if you may please and also still available on spotify podbean and a few other platforms hopefully you get your podcast there figured i'd try and get a seventh episode in for the month of may breaking it up by months in terms of episodes and real happy how much i've been able to consistently keep that going as always appreciate all that love and support looking forward to touching on some topics today right now it's time for straight talk brought to you by seggy straight talk microphone it's always direct time to reflect let me start with this ended with phil mick yesterday figured i'll touch on him to begin today good transition as i'm going off the post yesterday's post instagram post i won't have one up today much love for everybody who checks that out Shows any support, likes, follows there. means a lot to me that you're following along on my page. And it takes a lot of hard work to be able to put out those posts. I've gotten better with it over time. And I appreciate anybody that follows along and checks anything out that I'm doing there. Keep you up to date on some of the things happening in sports. Some funny things. So appreciate all that. Phil Mickelson obviously becoming the oldest major winner ever this past weekend, Sunday at the PGA Championship, Kiowa Island. Extremely difficult conditions and absolutely an historic round. Four days, obviously, in a PGA Tour event, which I don't think people understand how um, hard that is to do to actually win one of those events. Uh, We see all the time where a guy goes super low first round and then obviously isn't able to win the event we see guys come from middle of the pack to win an event after having a bad couple days Um, golf is one of those sports where being able to piece together four straight days in a row at that level is absolutely uh 
remarkable. And obviously for a guy his age, um, it's even more historic being the oldest ever at the age of 50 to win a major championship. Obviously, this man deserves some credit. Uh, Phil Mickelson really hasn't been on the scene for anything besides match TV live events that I was talking about. Um, I think he won on the senior tour now that he's eligible to play there. But I can't, I'd have to look up, but I don't know exactly when his last PGA Tour victory was. I know he missed a lot of cuts in the majors. Uh, Might have been 14 straight missed cuts in the majors. I know it was potentially that or 14 straight not in the top 20. Um, definitely not playing ideal. I know he wasn't in the top 100 heading into this event. Uh, need an exemption to get into one of the other majors. And now, obviously, after winning this one, gets him into some certain tournaments that he might not have been eligible for without winning this event. Um, obviously, it's historic. And I mentioned yesterday some of the names he was now put into in a category with after leading, co-leading, in a major at his age and then being able to finish the deal, hitting some questionable shots and making some questionable scores on the way, final round Sunday, but still able to get it done. Um, You know, it's crazy to me with the conditions that you see out there, the way and how tough that golf course was actually playing and the fact that here's a guy that really hasn't been doing much on tour and he goes out there and wins an event, major event. Um, it just shows that if you put in some time, golf is the type of game where you can get on a hot streak for three, four straight days grooving with the type of stuff that you know is working. Um, it's the thing about golf where if you're consistent, every time you go out, it's really remarkable. Um, never mind the conditions, but being able to do it, not only one day, but two days, three days, four days um, at that level with that type of pressure now with patrons back in the stands. Uh, obviously, the atmosphere at all sporting events right now is incredible, and he deserves a lot of credit for what he did. Um, I mentioned he became now the 14th man ever to have six major wins. Um, puts him on an elite list, obviously, and there's talks of him being a potential top 10 golfer all time. I think that Could be warranted um, based on how the rest of his career goes, but obviously he has an extraordinary fan base, and to see him win again um, at that level in that type of an event um, definitely deserves a shout-out. But I definitely don't have him above Tiger. I wouldn't place him above Tiger ever. I don't really have any golfer above Tiger ever. At this point, I don't think you're ever going to see anything like that again. Still waiting, obviously, to see if Tiger can make a comeback. But obviously, if that's even going to be a thing, I think it'd be more of what we saw to Tiger and Phil maybe playing a match um, before Tiger's able to really get out and compete on tour. Who knows? Um, Keeping my fingers crossed on that. But obviously, a great win for Phil. Obviously, great for the PGA Tour. And going forward um, with the events, obviously, it's something to follow with everything going on in the golf world. Um, saw a lot of interesting things coming out of the golf and just real quick on a golf shout out. I'm always telling people, uh, you don't know what's, what can happen at any time. Um, I showed up for my tea time today at my actual course. Heard that, uh, yeah, this is wild. The roller machine, which we got like a, like a big new enhanced one like if you know anything about roller machines i've driven one it's kind of like a little square one and you can push the pedal of the feet it's smaller 
Um, flipping that probably wouldn't be as bad, but somebody flipped a, one of the workers um, thoughts and prayers right now. Obviously, with everything going on, I, don't, I honestly don't even know, but flipped a uh, roller, and I mean, it was bad. Ambulance, cops, fire trucks. I'm like, wow, that's that's absolutely wild potential broken legs collarbone like messed up type of shit i i didn't see it um and somebody i know so it's like oh my god um and that's just like you don't never think of that happening <laughs> you know it's something that happens and you just you don't even know what to say honestly um it's pretty mind-wrenching i certainly got something to say about this uh switching gears a little bit the nba released a statement on lebron james and his apparent issue with nba health and safety protocols from the nba chief commissioner office mike bass on monday may 24th quote to clarify any remaining misconception, LeBron James briefly attended an outdoor event last week where participants were required to be vaccinated or return a negative test result. Under these circumstances and any con consult consultation with med medical experts, it was determined that his attendance did not create risk related to the spread of COVID-19 and therefore no quarantine was necessary. Over the course of this season, there have been numerous similar violations of the league's health and safety protocols where we addressed with the players team in similar fashion. Under current NBA rules, vaccinated players are permitted to engage in outdoor activities, including their individual commercial arrangements, such as sponsor appearances or ad shoots. Now, the reason I'm confused about this is, uh, why would, why would this even be coming out that he broke health and safety protocols that is LeBron James anyways if now the NBA is basically saying you, you didn't break health and safety protocols? Uh, I really don't understand the fact that the NBA is going to come out here and have a statement on LeBron James not violating health and safety protocols after it was announced that he did violate health and safety protocols. And I talked about this with the boys yesterday. Why are there health and safety protocols in the NBA anymore if you can see what you have going on in classic fashion everywhere? I mean, let's just be real here. Uh, you go pretty much anywhere right now. Um, people are doing things not only in outdoor fashion because that's what's been allowed, but indoor fashion, uh, close setting. Like, let's just act like mass gatherings aren't happening. Let's just act like people aren't getting together and breaking so-called protocols that basically aren't really a thing, not only at places that it was a thing, but just all around for people that are vaccinated, quote unquote. So I don't know if LeBron James is vaccinated or not. Rich said he wasn't yesterday. I honestly don't know. I don't understand why that has to be like public information anyways, not only for athletes, but just general people. But I mean, people can do what they want to do and say what they want to say about it. I think Chu said it best. But I think the NBA not only puts themselves in a bind here, but puts LeBron James in a bind and really just has him looking like not a great look for LeBron James just because he went out and did pretty much what everyone else is doing. So why is it even making any type of news headlines? I mean, I guess it's because it's LeBron James. But I guess we live in this what I think is a world where... 
everything comes out before we even know what it actually means and everyone's got an opinion and take on it before you get what actually happens. So I think you just better off waiting and seeing because we I saw this yesterday with Chu and my reaction at the time was why is this even a thing like LeBron James ain't gonna get suspended anyways but why is this even a thing and then all of a sudden the NBA realizes this probably doesn't look great we should at least release a statement and I really don't think that makes this look any better for not only the NBA for LeBron James but for LeBron James I'm sorry LeBron James will be in action tonight um, I forgot to mention the other day, which was yesterday, that he now has 97 career game tie and go ahead field goals in the final minute of action, which is only second in the past 25 seasons to Kobe Bryant with 101. Obviously, LeBron James is able to produce at at least sometimes in the clutch. I think we've seen that he's shown he's not a great clutch free throw shooter. Um, I think that could be the one knock on LeBron James, basically. In his career, the fact that he's not necessarily a great free throw shooter. But LeBron Games winner that I touched on the other day was his longest three of the season. It was his first make in the in the final nine minutes of that game. And basically was the greatest shot in NBA play in history that we talked about. Basically gets reconciled into some black hole in terms of stats and basically watching those games. Uh, NBA playing was certainly fire. I hope they can... Continue at in the NBA, Adam Silver also in talks of eager to get back to conversations with his teams to instituting a midseason tournament, something I think is great as well. But right now we got the NBA playoffs right now. You got the Lakers down 1-0 to the Suns. And I think Chu said it yesterday pretty good where we all expect, obviously, the Lakers to come out and win this game tonight. Even the series 1-1, LeBron James have this type of game. Anthony Davis play better. Some of these pieces around LeBron James play better. And if that's the case, I think the overreaction Monday yesterday to them being down 1-0 really leans back towards Chu's side, and we'll see how the rest of the series go. But I would also say, and I know this game is away for the Lakers because of obviously them being a seven seed up against a two-seeded Suns. You lose this game, Devin Booker, obviously incredible in game one. Chris Paul says he's going to play. We'll see what Chris Paul is. If he's half of what he is and DeAndre Ayton plays the way he does with some of these role players around the Suns, young and up-and-coming talent, I think you got serious issues if you're the Lakers. I mean, if you're down 2-0 to the Suns, regardless of who it is, regardless of what the series is, I think LeBron James knows that's definitely a problem. So I say like yesterday when it wasn't a thing that this was a must-win game for the Miami Heat and they get blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks, that series is going to be over quicker than people were thinking, including myself. But if this happens in this Lakers series, I think you could be looking tilting similar to that way. Obviously, I think this is a must-win game tonight for LeBron and the Lakers, and we'll see if they're able to get it done. Uh, never want to root against LeBron James, but I'm certainly worried for him in this series. Uh, I know it seems like a hot take, but I'm still sticking with that. Um, you know, you did have Monty Williams get officially named Coach of the Year. Suns 51-21 record, second in the West. Um, Chris Paul, obviously, we know what he did for this team, and we'll see if he's able to contribute tonight. Um, 
But I think Anthony Davis is going to have to obviously play better. Touched on him and his game against the Warriors. Even LeBron James' game against the Warriors. Really both of them struggling in the first half. Anthony Davis struggling in that first game. Uh, Low-scoring game. Uh, I just think that you're going to have to produce more on the offensive side of the ball if you're the Lakers, if you're going to beat the Phoenix Suns, even with a crippled Chris Paul and what not Devin Booker, I think, is elite. And I think the Suns are legit. Um, That'll be interesting for sure. Definitely looking forward to watching the games tonight, and I watched the games last night. The Bucks, as I mentioned, blew out the Heat, um, and I what I talked about was a must-win for the Heat. Uh, I think the Bucks are just outnumbering not only the Heat, but just the rematch from last season. Maybe Rich is right about Tyler Hero, and really, I don't understand what the Heat were doing with not getting rid of Tyler Hero if you're bringing in a guy like Victor Oladipo. I, I just don't see Tyler Hero getting the type of minutes he got last year, so I think that's just tough to do, Rich, because he really hasn't played like he played in terms of minutes last year. So how is he going to produce like he did last year? Um, they're basically filling his spot. The Heat, obviously, disappointing loss last night. And the Bucks, uh they pretty much showed that they can shoot from long range. I think the addition of Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, as I talked about yesterday, have proven to be huge. And this series, I think, will be now over a lot sooner than I even projected. Maybe this is five games the Bucks made five threes in game one, and they had made 15 in game two with just the first half. That's the most threes in playoff half in franchise history, and they went on to annihilate the Heat in the second half as well. I think it was 132 to 98, something vicious. Um, Giannis, I think he had 30 and 13, 31 and 13. Uh, as I talked about, you know, it's going to be tough to beat the Bucks if they're playing like that. I think Drew Holiday um, is a major addition that not a lot of people are going to be talking about unless the Bucks actually make a deeper run. And I think that's actually what I'm leaning towards when I think of who is going to make that run. Obviously, with a lot of people favoring the Nets, uh, I do think the Bucks can give the Nets trouble. I think the Sixers have the potential too as well. And just looking at the rest of the East, I know it seems shaky, um, but we still have to wait and see how this first round goes. Obviously, many games still to get played. I think the best series now remaining in this Eastern side is obviously, to me, the Knicks and Hawks, and it could get ugly for the Knicks pretty quick if they go down 2-0 at home, as Rich mentioned. So... Lot riding on the Knicks game, I believe, which will be tomorrow. Um, but not a great look for the Heat last night. Not a great look for the Heat going forward. Great for obviously Milwaukee Bucks fans, supporters, and anyone pulling for them to do anything this playoffs. Obviously, a great start as getting up 2 0 is definitely an advantage when it comes to looking at percentage of taking the series, even though obviously last year we saw a couple 3-1 comebacks. Um, I'd argue that was because of the bubble, lack of travel, um, just being a little bit different than normal series in the NBA. Um, I think with series being back, travel being back, fans in the attendance, uh, things are a little bit more normal in terms of 
playoff basketball, sports in general, and I think that will impact this playoffs 100%. Uh, got a couple other good games tonight. I think the late cap with 1030, Mavs Clippers is a great game. Celtics Nets being the 730 early window TNT slot. Uh, I mentioned yesterday I need to clean it up. The Nets are currently 27 and 7 with James Harden since the trade. 28 and 7 with obviously their game one victory in the playoffs, if we're counting that. 11 and 11 without him since the trade. Obviously, he missed some games. 22, if that's going to be the case. Can't these guys all stay on the court? The Nets' big three obviously are back. Their record since the trade with the big three, they are now six and two, 14 and three with Harden and Irving, six and five with Durant and Irving, three and zero oh with Harden and Durant, five and five with just Irving, four and two with just Harden, two and zero oh with just Durant. A lot of stuff to cover because this team has thrown out 29 different starting lineups. Most in the NBA, maybe even more now. Uh, a lot of different, obviously, shifts in the rotation, bench roles, starting roles, and they're now all trying to figure it out come playoff time. Just so happens they get a banged-up Celtic squad, which I think is a little bit more competitive than people are going to give them credit for, even in that game one. Uh, I'm not so sure how many games they'll be able to steal in this series, but tonight would be an ideal spot to do so. Um, can they do that without Jalen Brown with Jason Tatum and his 50 in the playing Kemba looking a little bit more like Kemba, even though you just got to hope that he's able to keep that consistently going. Marcus smart, obviously there, a little banged up. Evan Fournier been playing better. Can they actually compete with the Nets? I think it'll have to be tonight. Like You're going to not be able to go down 2-0 and act like you're going to be able to be in this series, um, even heading back to Boston. I think the Nets have proven that they're able to win not only at home or on the road. Can you crack the code on the Nets and their lack of what I think is mediocre NBA defense? Uh, obviously, I've mentioned with Rich, a lot of shots and assists from those three guys, so can you eliminate some of those guys at all, give you a chance to win. Um, not so sure the Celtics are able to do that, particularly without Jalen Brown, but I think Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart would be a help if you had Jalen Brown. Can the Sixers, Bucks, some of these other squads in the East do that? I guess that's the only other two that can. It looks like it's easy for the Nets to make it out of the East, but just one game in lot to be played out, and you'll see them tonight. 7.30 p.m. TNT. NBA playoffs kicking off tonight. Going to take my quick break. Got some reads I wanted to get through. Come on back. Try and get through a few more solo topics here before I get out of here. and Probably take a quick nap before the game since they're so late. Back to work tomorrow. Just burning the candle on both ends. Be right back here on the Seggy Station. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Seggy Station is brought to you by Callie's Love. A man's best friend is his dog. Shout the rest come out to many, but a life-saving companion to me. To me, nothing promotes true home happiness in a household. Better love a companion of a pet. 
Especially at a time like this. Get yourself a little pet friend like mine. It's your local animal shelter, pound, or nursery. Save their life and they just might save yours. Now it's time for your sports center update. It was indeed 132.98. Bucks take a 2-0 series lead last night. The Denver Nuggets even the series 128-109 with the Portland Trailblazers. Joker with an impressive 34-6-8. The PJ of America CEO apologizes for lack of crowd control on the 18th hole during the final round of the PGA Championship. Mentioned Phil Mick's historic victory. Got some attention, obviously, from the patrons, and all I would say is, what do you expect? Monty Williams was officially named Coach of the Year, and yesterday, Jordan Clarkson was officially named Sixth Man of the Year. Saw the tribute on TNT before the games last night. Him and Joe Ingles' teammates, absolutely surprised by his teammate with the award. Jordan Clarkson becomes the first ever Jazz player to win the award. Sixth Man of the Year, still waiting to hear on, obviously, a few more NBA awards. University of Stanford reconsiders and will not end 11 sports. As I mentioned, Adam Silver is eager to restart the conversations with its teams about investigating a midseason tournament. All systems go, quote, on Joe Burrow, who is on track to start week one, according to Adam Schefter. Victor Oladipo could be cleared as soon as November, but that really doesn't matter with November being not any time during these playoffs. And as I mentioned, the Heat down 2-0. Shout out to Sabrina Ionescu, who makes history. She gets her first career triple-double last week, then her sixth career WNBA game, 26-10-12. Most importantly, winning with the New York Liberty, who really are now relevant because of her. As I mentioned, CB3 says he, quote, absolutely will play in game two tonight, 10 p.m. versus the Lakers. Study says that Maple Leafs have the most tattooed sports logo. Chris Bosh is part of a 16-member Hall of Fame class in 2021 that was announced. Aaron Rodgers is not at Packers OTAs, and Russell Wilson is, quote, very happy with how the Seahawks made moves in free agency of the draft. P. Carroll refers as their recent offseason rift as old news. Tune back in. Nick Seglin here, Seggy Station Podcast. Appreciate all love and support of the podcast. Looking forward to covering a few more topics here before I get out of here for the day. Yeah, so what I actually hate is how much the NFL has talked about in the offseason leading into its season, which is still basically three months away. Um, with all these other sports going on, obviously NBA playoffs, you got NHL playoffs, Colorado Avalanche are incredible, which by the way, need to mention just on a jump quick that I saw that the, not only the Colorado Avalanche, which might be the best team in the NHL this season, but obviously the Denver Nuggets with potentially the MVP of the league, not being able to watch the game as a member of the state of Denver because of local TV restrictions and blackouts. And I think the NBA, Rich has talked about this before. They got to fix this shit, man. Cause I saw that the NFL obviously bringing their stuff to Amazon prime, but obviously everyone's able to get that. You're not able to not see an NFL game. Every NFL game is able to be viewed. NBA games. The fact that they're not all able to be viewed because of blackouts and local restrictions. And I buy NBA league pass and can't even watch certain games because where I'm located No matter where you're located, I guess that happens. I didn't realize that, uh, but I guess that makes sense. 
the fact that somebody brought that to light and no one really knows that unless you're a fan of a certain team and your game's getting blacked out, uh, definitely bullshit. But clearly why the NFL rules a lot of the ratings, a lot of the conversations is because of the fact that they're talked about off-season activities all the time. Um, mentioned that uh, Russell Wilson is seemed to be now cool with the Seahawks, Pete Carroll, and everything going on there. But Aaron Rodgers, as I mentioned in the reads, is not at Packers OTAs. Obviously, a lot of M- NFL players, particularly veterans, don't attend OTAs. Obviously, in today's day and age with COVID, that's also a thing. Um, People consider skipping that because of that. Veterans, about amount of time playing, adding an extra game now. Uh, All the the things that you got to think about, obviously, with conserving your body and the buildup to the season. Um, But Rodgers, obviously, seems a little different with all the rumors, situations that you've seen between him and the Packers this offseason. It's part of why the NFL offseason activity talks are at least something, um, bringing some excitement because you really don't know what's going to happen. Like, that's, I think, the beauty of sports, realistically. Uh, you know, even when you go and look at some of tonight's games, even when I looked at last night's NBA games, even when you go and look at any of the NHL playoff games, uh, with everything going on, you can try and predict what's going to happen, but really, you don't know what's going to happen. You got a lot of people gambling on what's going to happen, and that's what makes sports, I think, pretty dope. Uh, the fact that you're able to kind of get that adrenaline, that excitement, that sense of all kinds of emotions throughout an entire game, depending on who you're rooting for, if you're not rooting for anybody, and just watching it for the overall sake of getting the camaraderie of sport. Uh, I think it, there's nothing like sports. I think with all this stuff going on in sports, as I mentioned there, with all these things going on in the NFL, off-season activities, like, yeah, it's probably unlikely Aaron Rodgers goes back to the Packers with everything I've seen on the situation with the Packers. And how that plays out, where he goes, if he has to sit out, I think is one of the most intriguing off-season NFL stories we have to see play out. Obviously, we're still waiting to hear about Deshaun Watson's legal situation and where he stands but I think with his stuff being more up in the air in terms of suspension in terms of maybe having to not even play for any team um, based on what he has going on that you don't really know anything about until it's settled uh, Aaron Rodgers is a little bit more likable to either be having to sit out or obviously trade it if he decides that he's not going to return to the Green Bay Packers. And everything that I've heard about Aaron Rodgers is that he does not want to turn to the Green Bay Packers. And I think that is extremely interesting story across the NFL. I saw this, mentioned it a little bit with Chewy. Uh, Albert Breer, NFL analyst, says that he can't find anybody who thinks it will work, quote-unquote, Tebow with the Jags, and obviously a highly talked about story in the NFL offseason. Um, this still actually boggles my mind. I know Chewy said it pretty well yesterday. I know we kind of all know what this is if you know anything about Tim Tebow's situation here. Um, even his stint in baseball, even uh, to me, is 
slightly questionable and I had a lot of the same smoke then as I do now, uh, even though I think now is slightly more ridiculous. Uh, the fact that this is even talked about is to me something that is what the Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer, as Chewy mentioned, for ratings, putting people in the stands, jersey sales, this is what the team's looking for. Um, but to me, that's just a publicity stunt where if you're trying to win games, if you're trying to change the culture, if you're trying to actually be a, a more respectable franchise, like doing things like this, hiring a coach that was literally um talked about for like sexual assault and shit and then you had to retread on that some of the draft picks that a lot of people are high on uh obviously trevor lawrence with the number one overall pick could help when you decide to make decisions that are able to actually help your team win games help your team advance help your team actually be respectable in a league that you really haven't been respectable in in your franchise entire history i i personally think this is one of these things that we see all the time, but in sport and the idea of 2020 with everything that we've gone through with the, the social movement and justice justice movement, I think there's not enough equality and there's not enough. Oh, like this is a dude stealing a spot. Like rich was saying like, nah, this is exactly what this is. And to me, it's just unfair. It happens on a daily basis. And, I know people say, well, life isn't fair and all that shit. Well, it should be a little more fair than that. It should be because that's something I think can be controlled. Um, I think that's something that the NFL could even step in. But what what are they going to do? Like, I mean, I guess it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I guess it's the owner stepping in. I guess he's okay with this. I guess obviously Urban Meyer is. And you're going to see how it goes. But is this something that can affect the team? I think absolutely. Absolutely. Whether he makes the roster or not. Um, and if he does, we'll see how that goes. But I'm curious to see if he's looking like an actual NFL tight end, if he's in there for just gadget plays or blocking, or what this man's actual role is going to be on an NFL roster. Uh, I, I, just, I just can't get over this Tebow garbage. Uh, where Julio Jones will be is coming up as a NFL offseason topic as there's a lot of talks of the Atlanta Falcons wanting to move Julio Jones steep asking price in order to do so New England Patriots coming up in the trade rumors in that regard wouldn't that be fine and dandy for that good old man Bill Belichick basically at this point doing anything that he can to win <laughs> with his team his roster um obviously I think they spent what was $200 million in free agency the first day of it, which is the most ever spent in free agency, I believe. Um, bringing back Cam with their stud 15th overall Mac Jones draft pick. A lot of question marks surrounding who's going to quarterback the team, where the Patriots are going to be at, and just how long of a leash Cam Newton's going to have if he's starting. I think it's interesting to see what's going to happen with Julio Jones. Heading to the New England Patriots would be obviously an upgrade. Anybody that gets Julio Jones is going to be on an upgrade. Let's just be real. Julio Jones has had some injury concerns that have been lingering, obviously, throughout his career. But I think we've seen that from plenty of players where it's like, if you're going to get a guy that could be considered a top five overall player at his position, 
Like, yeah, it's an upgrade regardless if he's out there all the time or not. Hopefully out there more than not. And that's the risk you're taking when signing a guy in Julio Jones. But definitely an upgrade for a team that's just a move or two away from being in playoff contention, being able to make a run, be a contender. And that's definitely an interesting story to follow depending on what happens with Julio Jones. Uh, Interesting for me, obviously, New York Giants needing wide receivers this offseason, and we attacked it with full force. Uh, Can't be more pleased at what we did. Can't say I wouldn't want Julio Jones, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think getting the weapons we did for Daniel Jones is good enough for me. Uh, Something with the guy's last name Jones, but they're going to have to produce this year wherever they're at. And Daniel Jones is on the Giants. This is going to be a make-or-break year for not only Daniel Jones, in my opinion, but for a lot of people supporting the New York Giants because they did a lot. Um, I think you're in that situation now if you're a New England Patriots fan. Um, How do you not expect to do what you did this offseason, do what you did in this draft, see what Bill Belichick did, obviously coming off not making the playoffs last year, Obviously expecting to do so this year. Like, if you're a Patriots fan, if you're Bill Belichick, is that not? Um, I still think the the Patriots are a ways away from being where they're trying to get, depending on how Mac Jones pans out when he gets in. Um, a lot of people had him high. It'll be interesting to see what he's like. Um, it's everybody trying to make him the next Tom Brady, I think, is is tough for not only Mac Jones, but for potentially Bill Belichick. A lot of moves that I think are a little bit desperational this offseason. I think the Patriots still don't make the playoffs. Checked out their schedule, checked out strength of schedule. Um, I think it'll be tough sliding for the Patriots and all their moves. We'll see if they pan out. We'll see how they are. Um, obviously, I think a make or break year in there for the Patriots as well. Um, let's see what else I got for today. Probably not much, which I'm going to be pumped about some of these playoffs. Uh, yeah, it's probably about it, to be honest. I mentioned Shohei Tani in some of the MLB yesterday with Chu. I saw that he not currently leads the MLB in home runs, but did this past week and then also has a 2.10 ERA. Um, the same as Nationals pitcher Max Scherzer. This dude, Shoei Itani, is unreal. Uh, I also saw this, which was wild. Um, I have Thaddeus Young's autograph, which is pretty dope. And there's a stat that players with 800 games averaging 13.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals on 49, point, or 49 field goal percentage, 30 from 3. Is Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Thaddeus Young. Like, if that's actually a legit stat, my autograph is worth something. That's fucking sweet. Um, Mentioned Sabrina Ionescu in her first career triple-double in just her sixth WNBA game, 26-10-12. Out here for the New York Liberty, putting on a show, game winners, buzzer beaters. Obviously, we saw that out of LaMelo Ball. This season, great rookie season, they obviously got bounced out of the play-in, as I mentioned yesterday with Rich, but he did average 15.7 points per game, 5.9 rebounds per game, 6.1 assists per game, 44 field goal, 35 from three. 
76 from the free throw line, three-time Rookie of the Month. I do believe he takes home the Rookie of the Year at award. As I mentioned, Monty Williams, Coach of the Year. Jordan Clarkson, Sixth Man of the Year. First ever Jazz player to do so. I think most improved player will go to Julius Randle, still holding out on MVP for, I guess, Chris Paul. And I'm also going to go out on a limb and say Sixth Man of the Year is going to be Ben Simmons over Rudy Gobert, even though a lot of people have him slated as Defensive Player of the Year. If Rich is right, I think maybe he deserves to be the Defensive Player of the Year if that's basically what he's known for, uh, Rudy Gobert. Consistent, uh, consistent anchor, but not what you like to see. Hopefully Russ can get it back going this week uh, for the Wiz and they can win a game or two in that series. I don't know when I'll be back. Uh, I saw Draymond Green talking about the fact that the Warriors are ways away after getting bounced from the plan, as I mentioned yesterday with Rich. Uh, he didn't make a field goal in that last game of the season. He had nine rebounds, eight assists, three steals, three blocks. Um, held AD to 4-13, so I guess that was their Lakers game. Um, he had an insane impact on defense, obviously. I saw that Draymond Green was the winner of the Marvel Series Arena Heroes champion with 48 hero points, which was 10 points, 13 rebounds, and 15 assists on the last week of the season, which was pretty wild. Um, but that's basically what the Warriors are without Steph Curry basically being able to carry the team with Klay Thompson coming back. A lot of people think they'll be able to just be up there again. Um, I think that's going to be tough. Uh, I think what you saw this year was pretty similar to what they could be going forward, which is a play-in, eight-seed type of caliber team. 300 made threes in an NBA season. Steph Curry did it this season in 2016. 2017, 2019, and James Harden in 2019. Obviously a league of his own for Steph Curry and what he was doing this year. Getting Klay Thompson back, Draymond Green another year older, Wiseman coming back off of meniscus. Can the Warriors compete in the West is, I think, a serious question mark, and I think something that is only you'll be able to see as time will tell. Um, a lot of the interesting things about sports and not only sports but life uh, just trying to keep it going, keep it on the reel, and that's all you can do. Obviously, a lot of NFL storylines with these rookie quarterbacks. Talked about it a few times. Saw a stat, 29 of the 30 QBs drafted in the first round since 2010 through 2020 played in their first year. That only one would be Jordan Love, I believe. It has to be because he was drafted in the first round last year and did not see the field. Um, interesting trivia. I'm off to see if that's right. There was some trivia on first rookie of sixth man of the year, which was in 1983. I guess it was Bobby Jones. Um, players to win it three times, sixth man of the year. There's only two of those, Jamal Crawford and Lou Williams. And obviously, as I mentioned now, Jordan Clarkson being the first ever jazz player to do so. Also some sweet trivia you can get out there. In the world of sports, world of sports obviously popping off on a consistent basis. As I mentioned, NHL hockey has just been unreal, uh, competitive, obviously violent, uh, extremely high edge. Saw the Penguins lose a tough one in double overtime last night to fall to 3-2 series lead um, for the New York 
Islanders, which I believe is Rich's team, Shayna's boyfriend who came on the pod, so he's probably in some feeling some type of way about that. NHL hockey for sure, playoff in any sport is legit. Um, panic level for all these teams when it comes to where they're at in their series. Obviously a little bit higher for the Bucks, potentially a little bit higher for the Knicks. We'll see how it goes for some of these other teams going forward. We'll see how the panic level is for the Lakers after tonight's game. Clippers as well. Both LA teams down 0-1 in their series, both playing tonight. We'll see how we're feeling Wednesday morning. Uh, NBA playoffs are great. Sports are great. A lot of MLB, obviously, storylines, both good and bad in the MLB. But they're there. Fans in the stands, they're certainly there. A lot of stories in all areas of sports and you can certainly keep up with the sports as much as you can but i'm finding it pretty hard to do so it's absolutely wild to try and check in on games stay up for some of these late games on the east coast uh it's all fire but it ends up burning the candle on both ends feeling kind of burnt out uh trying to get rest in between it's just like oh man i I don't even know where I'm at with all that. <laughs> I feel like I just want to be on the West Coast. I was telling my boss, I'm like, damn, can you imagine waking up on Sunday and football starts at 10 in the morning? Can you imagine that the NBA game started at 4 in the afternoon? Like, the late game started at 7? Like, dude, that would be I so ideal. Like, beyond ideal. That one hour time difference, I, I didn't even ask Rich how that was, but... This whole watching sports on the East Coast thing is tough. I end up watching the replays, to be completely honest, the fucking midnight or like four in the morning replays because that's when I'm waking up and it's like, geez. Love my sports, though. I'll be definitely following them. Don't know when I'll be back, but that's all I had for the airwaves today. Appreciate all listening as always. And as always, still no shame what I had to say. It's the man with a nickname. Till next time, everybody. Peace and love. Stay safe out there. Enjoy them sports. You're listening to Seggy Station.